0: Back in the Football Shed, the podcast for football fans that live in the wrong time zone. My name's John Hewitt and Jeff Gigg is here. G'day. G'day, Jeff. And we are recording another Shed special and part of our new fan series where we talk to Premier League fans based here in Australia. And today we're talking Spurs. You excited, Jeff? You ready to talk Tottenham Hotspur?
1: I am. I'm pumped. I feel like I am getting my pick of the bunch. Rod, you know, we only do these with two of us, John, and and Roger's. Uh, he's done some corkers, but I had my hand up for Chelsea. I had my hand up for Spurs, and I'm thoroughly thrilled that I'm on this one. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Excellent. And tonight we are joined from with Path from the Ospreys Porters Club. How are you going, Path?
2: Oh, I'm very well, thanks, Gents. It's good to be here.
0: Excellent. Thanks for coming on. Um, just for before we get into it, tell us a little bit about the Ospreys supporters group. Um, it's, what's your role within the group?
2: Uh, I'm the Ospreys president. So whenever anyone walks into the room, they have to say uh, "Hola, el presidente," which is important. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we've been around uh, since 2003. Um, at that time, it was. It was pretty difficult to watch football over here. You know, you were lucky to get one game a month. Um, and, you know, we'd meet up in dark and dingy pubs all over the country um, to do that. And, you know, over the years, we sort of became stronger and bigger and became a national organisation. Um, we still have regular get-togethers. I mean, obviously not down in your neck of the woods at the moment, but we had we had people out in Brisbane and in Sydney um, over the weekend, you know, and people get still get together regularly. Um, and, Every year we have a national where where we come together from all over the country in in one city and drink beer and talk rubbish about Tottenham.
0: That sounds great. And so you have chapters all over Australia?
2: Yeah, we do. We have have large chapters in Perth. Um, We have Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide. Um, We've also got in some of the smaller cities in Newcastle, which is near to where I'm sitting in my car now, um, Cairns, (laughs) Um, and uh, we've got we've got a chapter up in Darwin, which basically consists of two people that are out watching Tottenham all the time. So. <laughs> I
0: love it. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> and Pat, you're saying you have a uh, podcast as well? Is that a Spurs-based podcast?
2: Yeah, I've I've been involved with the the Cheese Room podcast for the last um, two years now, um, and that all began with another guy that I know from Odd Spurs. Um, he started doing it, and I got on board to help him and. You know, we, we have podcasters um, from all over the globe doing it. We've got a guy in Brazil. We've got um, the guys in Europe. We've got um, someone over in Singapore. So, you know, it's a really international podcast. It's a lot of fun.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Good on you. Um, well, it's good to have you on today. But before we get stuck into talking Spurs, um, we want to learn a little bit about you as a football fan. So, we're going to play a game called Zidane or Kilban. And, Jeff, do you want to take away Zidane or Kilban? <laughs>
1: Well, as you, as you can imagine, Pap, Zidane is the good option and Zidane is the shit one. You um, right. so, just oh, said
0: Zidane uh, twice. <laughs>
2: oh, sorry, Kilban is the shit one. Well,
1: you know, Zidane, Kilban, well, it's got hang, a ring to it. Hang on a minute.
2: Be- before we go into this, right, Gareth Bale's just signed for Tottenham and he hates Zidane. So for this one, can Zidane be the bad one? <laughs> oh, yeah, but that means we're <laughs> yeah, giving a look. Okay, so
1: Zidane, Kilban is the winner, right? So right. VAR, Zidane or Zidane,
2: Kilban? Oh, uh, kill ban it has to be it's it's uh it's, it's something that you know it's a necessary evil but you know after son's goal was ruled off uh, Kane's goal was ruled offside because con's son's little foot was offside it was just yeah it's it's a nightmare it's yeah it's got to go really it's gotta go do you think it's getting better Um. I think that the, the problem is, is not necessarily about the technology. It's about the, the application of it, um, and, and that comes down to people. So it's still people making the error. I mean, I haven't even mentioned that ridiculous penalty that was given away at the weekend, but, you know, that was given by VAR. <laughs> but, you know, how do you get your hand out of the way when the ball's come off your foot that's three inches away? It's, it's a nonsense. So it's it's people that need to be fixed. We need to fix people. People are messed up. Yeah. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> 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 second second on the list for Zidane or Kilban the A-League <laughs> do you know what I wish I really do wish it was Zidane but it's absolutely not it's uh, I oh god I, I'm gonna this is my adopted country and, and I wanted more than anything to have a team that I can follow and the Central Coast Mariners are the are the closest team to me um and you know if they were just shit every week I'd still go if there were an atmosphere but the, there is yep. no atmosphere in Australia, and, and it does my head in. And I think that a lot of it has come from the, the fact that the A-League is a is a franchise set up. So you don't have the kind of um, – the history that you had, even with the old NSL clubs. So there's that, – that fan base and that history and those songs that have been around for a long time, and the love for the, for the clubs just isn't there, you know. And, and the, the other problem for me with the A-League is that they don't really um, – they don't really seek to, to develop talent in the community. I think that would be yep. another way of getting the community to buy into the clubs. Um, and until you get the local communities buying into the clubs, I, I don't see how the A-League carries on.
0: I think it's fascinating. Like We've done a few of these now, Path, and everybody basically begrudgingly says Kilban because everyone wants it to work. Everyone wants the A-League to be brilliant. There's plenty of us football fans here willing to go and watch games, pay to go and watch games, but the A-League's just so crap after five, six, seven years of watching it, you end up going, I can't watch this anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this but I don't, really I don't think it's even that, John, because if you look like, if you go back home and you look at a club like Leighton Orient, right? Mm. Leighton Orient have, you know, three, four, five thousand fans going every week and they're, they're bottom of the pile. They almost fell out of Football League. You know, they they're really, really bad. Right, and the football yeah. <laughs> standard that they play is probably worse than watching Sydney, but yeah. they get fans going every week, and it's regular. Whereas the A League just can't manage that. And I think that there's there's a lot to be said for having a history with your club, and having a you know a, a very deep emotional attachment. That's what makes you a fan. It's not always about the football.
0: No, it's very true. And like I I regularly go and watch Moreland City around the corner from here in the National Premier League, and I enjoy that way more than watching any of the Melbourne teams. So but sorry Jeff, you I'm taking over as a Dan and Kilbane. <laughs> yeah, the
1: last last question on the pile is um Chelsea's summer signings.
2: Oh, look, I hate Chelsea, so I've got to say Kilbane. I mean <laughs>
0: <laughs> We thought I, that might be the case.
2: I I have to I have to say I am like eternally amused by their goalkeeper. Um, and I hope that he signs another long-term contract because he's oh, he just... He didn't disappoint this weekend, did he? He didn't uh, disappoint. No, no. He's, he's the gift that keeps giving. Um, you know, I was, I was very disappointed when Sideshow Bob left Chelsea, but then the joy upon joy, he goes to Arsenal. So, you know, another gift that keeps giving. Um, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I think that Chelsea have, have made some decent signings, but I think that the problem is that they haven't solved any of their problems. You know, you look yeah. at when Liverpool went out and spent money. They, they needed a decent keeper. They needed a decent centre-back. And they went out and they found the best that they could in those positions. Um, Chelsea's defence is a shambles. Um, and so they've they've gone out and they've bought some more forwards and midfielders. Makes sense.
0: <laughs> and a 36-year-old defender.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I I, don't, I I really don't think Fat Frank is the man for the job. Um, I just, I don't think, I don't think he got a tune-out of them last year. Their defence was appalling. Um, yeah. And, you know, If that continues, I'll be very happy.
0: (laughs) Thanks, Pat. Thanks for playing Zidane and Kilban. Um, It's supposed to be
2: short answers because I'm not good at that. (laughs) Oh, no, that's
0: fine. No, you carry on, mate. Um, Let's get into Tottenham now. Um, I think we have to start. This week has been a big week for you guys. We're recording just after you beat Southampton 5-2. And last week, you signed Gareth Bale back. Um, Is he going to be the savior that everyone says he's going to be
2: um i think it's it's a difficult one because you know you i don't watch enough of the um the spanish league to to really know where he's at but from mm. what i've seen of gareth bale he is a he's a much more mature player than when he left us um you know when he left us he was he was phenomenal. He was so exciting. He'd pick the ball up and, and as soon as that happened, your heart would go in your mouth because you knew he was about to do something. He had electrifying pace. You know, he could take on the best defenders in the world and make them look stupid. Um, you know, he was he was a phenomenal player. Now I think he's matured. I think that he's a I think he's a very different player, but I still think he's gonna have a massive impact. And and as a statement from from a club, you know, to to bring a a truly world-class player like Gareth Bale back to the club. I mean, that, that says we're, we are trying to do something here. So I, I think that there is an impact on and off the pitch.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, it's a very strong backing of Jose. So it's, uh, it's Daniel Levy going, yeah, we're going to back here. We're going to put some money behind this. Um, and the idea of a front three of Son, Kane and Bale is quite incredible,
2: really. Oh, there's, there's defenders up and down the Premier League. There's, the backsides are twitching over that. <laughs> yeah and of, all, and of all the seasons to have
1: kind of that much talent and pace it's a it's a season where there's you know very few good backlines in the Premier League uh, I mean the, what a great opportunity to score a bucket load of goals all season
2: oh it's fantastic and you know looking at the the Southampton game I mean, Kane has the ability to to drop into that number 10 role and and find those pacey players and you know son scored four goals off it you know imagine if you've got son and Bale up there. I mean, you know, Lucas, bless him. I'll, I'll I'll love him forever because of Ajax. But the man can't eat a cow's ass with a banjo. So <laughs> you know, it's to chuck him out and put Bale in there, and I think that you've got something that's, that's truly terrifying.
0: Um, on your uh, oh, go on, Jeff.
2: Well, I, I
1: was going to say. So I, I saw the um, the game of the weekend, and so again, if you're just listening to this, we just saw the the what was it five one, five one. Danny Ing scored, five, and then five two. Danny Ing scored, and then you guys ran riot. Um, we don't count that penalty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I saw Jose interrupt an interview. Did you see this, this footage? He interrupted an interview where Son was getting given his man of the match award. And he, uh, it was a bit tongue-in-cheek, but he stepped in front of the cameras and said, Son, you're not man of the match. Harry Kane's man of the match. Then he
2: walked off. Did you, did you see that footage? Um, I did see it, yeah. And, you know, you're right. It was, it was a tongue-in-cheek. It was a, a bit of humour. But there's, there's, there's certain truth in that humour because, you know, without those four passes, Son doesn't score four goals. Yeah, I just
1: think it's um, and I I, I really I want to get on to Jose Mourinho too quick, but I guess we've we've naturally landed there. That is a very Jose Mourinho thing to do, isn't it? That um,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose it. You know, he likes to be the, the centre of attention. Um, he likes to be the focal point, and I think that a lot of that is to draw the attention away from his players. Um, and and I think it's you know very much a case of pick on me, and leave them alone. Um, so, you yeah. know, he does that wherever he goes. Um, and he likes to be the man that people are looking at and the man that people are talking about. And, you know, in some ways that does relieve some of the pressure on, on the players.
0: What do the, um, fans think of Jose? Is everyone behind him? Is everyone on board and going, yeah, he's the man to bring us silverware or is there any nerves about what happened at Man United or Real Madrid?
2: Well, I, I, I when he first came in, um, was, was really dubious, um, about him. Mm-hmm. I, I, was really unconvinced because of the, the Man United debacle. Um, and, and I really didn't know whether he, what he was going to do to the club. I mean, we'd, we'd had these wonderful swashbuckling years under Pochettino that, you know, fell apart after the champions league final. And, you know, you looked at someone like Mourinho and go, well, you know, are we going to go back to, you know, sitting back and, and playing boring, boring football? Cause I don't want that. Um, and I don't want to scrape out one nil wins. Having, Having watched the All or Nothing documentary, I think that mm. you know a lot of fans now have a, a much deeper respect for Mourinho and what he's trying to do. To the point that I actually want to correct you both and tell you it's Jose and not Jose. Oh, you know <laughs> you're right.
0: No, you are right.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that the All or Nothing um, documentary has, has shown a side of him that um, you know that maybe as Spurs fans um, we needed to see. Um, and, and I yeah. think that that if he goes on. Winning games this year, then you know I think that that's at the end of the day as a fan, that's that's mostly what matters. You want to see your team winning and doing well, to um, preferably doing it without boring everyone to death.
1: Yeah, so there's a there's a um, you know, if you talk to talk to Man United fans, there's a there's a complete divide between whether he was a success or a car crash. You know and and I you know I'm still undecided to a degree because what is the how do you judge success you judge it in trophies and he did that at Manchester United so that would that if he won trophies at Spurs would that be a success put up against the last few years, you put you said there were squash buckling years. I agree. The the excitement, the fun, the pleasure you had of Pochettino, you know that that kind of surge of Spurs as an actual force in this world was phenomenal to watch. Now that does that count? You know, what would you prefer? Would you prefer that surge, or would you prefer Mourinho style football, but a trophy at the end of the year?
2: Um, it's it's really really difficult because it's been a long time between drinks. Um, and you know, it's, it really is about time that, that a club of our stature should have some silverware. Um, so, you know, that, that is, that is really important and we all want to see it and we all want to feel the buzz of winning something. Um, but those, there's a certain, there's a certain style that you want to see at There's certain, you want to, you want to be excited. You know, we don't want to be Burnley. we, we, we want to be excited. We want to watch great players play great football. If that comes off the back of fantastic blistering counterattacks, then, yeah, okay, I'm into that. Um, but I don't want to be turning into, you know, your, <laughs> your Boltons. I don't want Sam Maladice <laughs> coming in and, you know, <laughs> scoring a set piece and that's it. That's all we've got. So, yeah, I mean, it, there's a balance to be found. Um, and, you know, there's people pay far more money than I am to, to understand what that balance is. Um, and, and I just have to be here and go, I hope to fuck we win something.
0: I um as a Man United fan path, I should uh, say that I'm not the biggest Jose Yo- Jose. Jose fan, not Jose, <laughs> um, but I can tell you it won't be boring over the next year or two, however long it lasts, because uh, it's always entertaining having him in the club. Um, moving on to the a few more of the signings you've bought this year, so Bales come in, which is extremely exciting. You've got Hoiberg, Doherty, and Regulian. Is that his name? This left
2: back, yeah, Regulian. Um, Really. You have to have phlegm in your throat to say his name. Apparently, <laughs>
0: um, are you, one are you happy with the signings, and two, do you need any more before your your squad's complete, or you kind of you think you're
2: there? Um, I think that uh, that there's been some really good signings. Um, I haven't been convinced by Horvier yet, um, but you know we'll see. He's, he's new to the role. Um, Doherty, I think is is a fantastic upgrade on Oreo because Oreo was an absolute liability. Um, you know, he could be amazing going forwards, but you're a right back. You need to know how to defend. Um, ben Davies has the opposite problem. He's a fantastically defensive left back, um, but he hasn't got an attacking bone in his body. So, um, Reguillon will, um, you know, he will give us that attacking option down the left-hand side. Um, and, you know, hopefully it sees Jose dispense with this ridiculous lopsided formation that he's persisted with for the last 12 months. Um you know, and you know, we may see a—I don't know if we go to a three at the back or, you know, what it looks like. But but I do think that if you're going to buy those kind of players, those kind of attacking fullbacks, then you're buying that for something that you have in mind. You're buying that for a system that you have in mind. I think I'd still like to see another centre back at the club. Um, yeah. Uh, Devinson Sanchez, I thought had a fantastic first season playing with with Ian and Toby, but uh, since then he seems to have really fallen off the planet. Um, you know, some of his decisions um, in the last week, you know, uh, were just really, really poor. Um, and, and you know, I, I think we need someone who's better than that. What did you think of the Holberg signing? Holberg, um, look, like I said, the cheese from podcast, has speak from all over the world, and the Danish bloke would kill me if I said Holberg. Um, so, <laughs> I, I think that he's an interesting one. I don't think he's. Um, I don't think he's an out-and-out defensive midfielder. I think at Southampton he played in in a different way than than he's being asked to at Tottenham. Um, you know, if you look at the the game against Southampton, Winks was the one that was sitting the, the deepest, um, which surprised me. Um, so I, I think he's I think he's definitely good enough. I think he'll do a job for us. I think he's just got to settle into um, you know, how Mourinho wants him to play, and that's going to take a, a few weeks. So you know, we have to do what football fans generally don't and be a bit patient with him, I think.
0: On um, Another player in the squad that I really, really
2: like is Deli Ali.
0: I've talked about him for years and I've always rated him as a player that is a bit better than he's given credit. He's cleverer than people give him credit for. Um, he spots a little pass or a little flick through that other players don't see. But it seems this week that he may be on the way out. Um, one, do you know anything on what's happening and two, will you miss him if he goes?
2: Um, well, De- Deli alley I think is, um, you know, apart from his problem with bounty bars, you know, I think he's, a, he's an amazing <laughs> player. Um, and, and I think that he suffered um, quite a lot in the last season of Pochettino where he was asked to play in a position that really didn't suit him. You know, Ali is at his absolute best when he's playing up front with Kane and he can just go beyond Harry Kane and ghost into that back post. And, you know, he's scored some really important goals for us doing that. Um, I don't think he's finished. I think that that Mourinho wanted him, um, you know, at Man United. I think that, you know, Mourinho admires him as a player. um, But I do think that potentially what's happened is that, um, you know, Ali's had a, a hot temper moment and said something stupid. Um, mm. And, you know, Mourinho is not the kind of guy who just let that ride. So, you know, I think that that he may be sin bin for a little bit. Um, and, you know, you, when you have some, some great players like Ali, you're always going to get people coming in and uh, and wanting to buy him. And it's no surprise that someone like PSG are going, you know, we can, we can bring you over here and you can, you know, you can have all the croissants you like and, you know, play in a nice, <laughs> play in a nice slow league where you don't have to do much running. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds quite nice. No, I've, I've
1: got a question for you. So we did the we did a interview with the guys from the Chelsea um, fan club yesterday, or at least chronologically yesterday. Uh, well, I hope you've washed and- your hands. <laughs> <laughs> well they made a comment uh they, they weren't they weren't too derogatory off i mean i'm sure you listen to the interview they were, they were quite quite pleasant towards you guys but we were, they were, we were talking about the new chelsea stadium and um they made a kind of a bit of a flippant comment about you know club finances being uh stretched in a time where you can't have fans in and i wanted to kind of ask you directly whether there was um you know obviously your new stadium cost a lot of money and that wasn't all money that came from your bank accounts there there was you know bank loans and debt that was applied to the club so without fans in without the the corporate income that that brings has that put you in a in
2: a more pressured situation i think that, that every club is in a pressured situation without fans in um but, but then the, the fans in in the majority of, of premier League clubs at least are only a fraction of the income um I mm. think that that for for tottenham that the business model for the stadium was based on not just getting fans in the door but keeping them there for longer which is why you have all the great facilities there you know which is why the bars are not ridiculously overpriced you know so it's about getting you in there early and keeping you there um, and I think that that makes a, a big impact on you know, on the club's operational finances. As far as the, the stadium um, is concerned, and, you know, I'm no financial expert and I certainly haven't had Daniel on the phone to me, but it's a, <laughs> it's, a lo- it's a long-term structured loan. So I don't think there's any issues with that. And it's the kind of loan that basically they just pay a bit of interest and then restructure it again in 12 months anyway. So, um, you know, that that's a long-term project. And I don't think that that has necessarily put any operational dent, but, you know, certainly the the whole lack of fans in... In the building, you know, it, it keeps people away from the tours. It keeps people away from the skywalk. It keeps people away from the shop, from the bars, from the cafes, um, from the imaginary cheese room. You know, all these things are, um, you know, are, are missing from the, the club's bottom line now. And, and, but that's the same for everyone. I mean, you know, Man United have a, you know, a, a very big stadium, They're slightly older and not as pretty, but, you know, they have a very big stadium and they would be taking a hit. Everton are trying to get a, a new stadium, together and you know they would be looking at a similar sort of structured deal with with their finance I think so you know it's certainly not just Tottenham
0: um on the new stadium have you had the chance to go
2: I haven't yet no I was I was lucky enough to get to um White Hart Lane in the final year um yep. and I I took my kids with me it was uh it was a big return home awesome. for me because I'd been very very sick I was um I, when Tottenham were over here in Sydney I was in intensive care um oh, Death door stuff so to to then be able to you know a few years later go to White Hart Lane and take my kids to watch a a resounding victory at Bournemouth um you know one of the 35,000 people that got to see Vincent Jensen score a goal um <laughs> you know it was it was a very very enjoyable experience
0: oh that's awesome I am um, th- 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 well, glad that you're back in health now um and uh having seen the stadium on the Amazon documentary it looks ridiculous. It looks like a space age kind of something that is out of the future. I just really want to go and check it out.
2: It's a thing of beauty, isn't it? I, I went to, to see it when it was being built. Um, Cause we went back the, the following year as well. Um, and I got up at six o'clock in the morning to jump a train from King's Cross to go. And as my wife says it, look at a pile of scaffolding, but you know, <laughs> it was, it was, and is a thing of beauty.
0: Um, I have a quick question So so while we're talking finances and stuff, Joe Lewis, the owner, who is he? Do you know anything about him? Like, he seems like this mysterious man that Daniel Levy has a back phone to, but he doesn't kind of come out in public at all. Do the Spurs fans know of him or have any opinion on him?
2: We just have a big video screen of him where he's stroking a white cat. (laughs) 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 <laughs> Joe, Joe Lewis is a, a he's a very very clever businessman. He's um you know he is not he, he a has, currency
1: trader a commodity is that how he's made I his did, money?
2: I think Joe Lewis has has made money in in many different ways and some of them are maybe not the um the most savory of, of <laughs> deals. Um but you know he's he, he doesn't really have much to do with the club. You know Enic is the company that owns the club. Joe Lewis um, is the, the major shareholder in Enoch and Daniel Levy is there to do the day-to-day running. And he's the only one that we ever really see. If you showed me a picture of Joe Lewis, I wouldn't know who the hell he was. Yeah. And, and what do you think of Daniel Levy? Um, I think, I I remember when Daniel took over at the club, Um, I was working at Curry's in South End and there was a, a Jewish guy that worked with me called Norman, who was, he uh, must've been like 70 years old then. And he said, uh, <laughs> my nephew's about to take over as chairman of Tottenham. And, wow. and I went, oh, yeah, fuck off Norman. He went, no, no, his name's, <laughs> he went, his name's Daniel. He's a, he's a Spurs fan. He's, he's going to be all right. I think you can, I think are going to go well. Um, and, and that was, that was the first I knew about And six months later it happened. Um, and That's I think amazing. that Daniel, Daniel Levy is, is a fantastic businessman and he's, he's done so much in getting, um, great facilities at the club, getting the club on a firm financial footing, You know, and people complain about him being a a tightwad. But, you know, I think that Tottenham is one of the few clubs that is, you know, aside from the stadium debt, you know, we really don't have any operational debt. And that comes from being a fantastic, you know, business. And, you know, Levy's done that. But he also seems to care about the the club and the team, you know. And and I don't think people necessarily think that about him. I think they just think he's a a tightwad who's there to make some money by selling the club in six months.
0: (laughs) Um, going back to the football path, I wanted to ask about kind of a few of the young players in the squad that are worth watching out for this season. Is there anyone that you think that might have a bit of a breakthrough year at Spurs this year?
2: Uh, well, Tengengas, um came through last mm. year, and he's uh, you know he's a phenomenal player um, and, and seems to be very versatile as well. He played all all across the back line last year. Um, there was a lot of talk about Troy Parrott, who's gone on loan to Millwall, um, and, and I think that you know that would be a really good move for him to be playing regular football, um, and I think that that will really help with his development, playing against uh, you know bigger, stronger men, um, and, and getting that physical side of his game together. One that you, you may not know about is Harvey White. Um no. he's uh, he's a midfielder, got a, a beautiful left foot uh played this uh this year in one of the pre-season friendlies and I think he'll probably get a run out um in the Carlin Cup against Orient. Um and there's a very highly rated left back as well called Dennis Cherkin. Um and I think he's one to, to watch out for as well. Yeah nice. nice. and um on on the younger players,
0: Ryan Sessignon's still at the club isn't he? But is he going yeah. out on loan?
2: Uh, he's still at the club. He's not going anywhere on loan, um, and I think that that he's a, another one that has you know immense potential and immense talent. It's just finding where where he's best suited um, mm. because he doesn't have the he doesn't have the defensive ability of a, a classic left back, um, and he's not. He doesn't seem to be uh, have the stamina to play as a, as a wing back. So you know, is he a left winger? I mean, nobody really seems to know at the moment. Um, and I think that, that they need to find the best position for him to, to get the best out of him.
1: In my eyes, that's a really exciting place to be with a player. I know it might, it might sound like, a, um, like I'm sugarcoating it, but you, you probably had the same thoughts about Gareth Bale when he played as a left-back. I had the same thoughts about Seamus Coleman when he came on the scene as a right-back and he had his debut. He got a man of the match and didn't play again for six months because he couldn't defend. But the future for players like that, are they you know they learn the bread and butter of their trade, but their natural ability will will mean that they far exceed those who play in their position more organically. So I think that's quite an exciting spot for Sessignon.
2: Yeah, and it's just getting the best out of him. And you know, if you look at uh, Danny Rose's journey, you know, Danny came in as a a left winger, scored that wonder Mm. goal at Arsenal, disappeared, and then you know he got turned into a left back and became one of the best left backs in the country, if not the best left back in the country. So, you know, you are right that that kind of journey where these these players who you know are are attacking minded learn the defensive side of the game, all of a sudden you've got a complete player, and you know, and hopefully that's the journey that Sessignon goes on.
0: Awesome. Um, Path, thanks so much for talking to us about Spurs. We're going to go on to our final three questions in a second. Um, but before we do, if anyone wants to listen to the cheese room or get involved with Oz Spurs, what's the best place for them to go?
2: Um, so, Oz Spurs is really simple: Ozspurs.com, Um, and all the, the links to the different chapters can be found there. Um, we've taken the opportunity during COVID when everything's got quiet to rebuild the website. So, you know, we're going through all that process at the moment and we will shortly have nice. a, a shop coming up with some fantastic merchandise that we've been working on. Um, you can also get in touch through uh, through Facebook. There's uh, Each chapter has its own group on Facebook so you can find out all the information about what games are being shown where through that. Um, the, the cheese room is really simple. I'm sure, like yourself, you're on just about every... Podcast platform that you can possibly be on. Um, we like to think of ourselves as podcast whores. Um, so, Acast, um, Podbean, um, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, you know, and we're also on, on Facebook and Twitter. And, you know, we, we try to have a good laugh.
0: Awesome. Good one. Um, now, this is your final three questions where you just get one word answer, maybe two word. What is your final league position going to be this season? Fourth. And if you had to pick one player from the Sir Spurs squad to watch out for this season, who would it be? It's got to be Aaron Spell, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Eric Dyer. Um, oh, I love Eric and Dyer, and
1: Eric Dyer loves me. Did you. No. Okay, sorry, John, I'm going to interrupt these last two catches. Did you Go. love Eric Dyer more before or after he jumped in the stands and, and lamped someone?
2: Um, it didn't actually lamp someone but I mean I, I think that that situation is like if that's your brother getting abused yeah right you, you can't stand there and just go oh no carry on you know it's it's ridiculous I mean you know as a man that's what you do as a professional you can't um, but yeah. I loved Eric Dyer way before that I I think that my love for Eric Dyer grew incredibly strong when he took Sergei Ramos out when um, when he, <laughs> no, when no, he no. slid in and just absolutely yeah. smashed him and then turned around and went what <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: that's the Eric um, Dyer I love
0: yeah no I've, I've got a lot of time for Eric Dyer not sure if he's a centre-back but I've got a lot of time for him The um, uh, last question Path is in the not Spurs related one who is going to win the Euros next season
2: oh yeah that's um, I don't even know if they're going to happen <laughs> no <I> know <laughs> Uh, well, no, I know that Australia aren't going to win them. Um, you know They can get in the Eurovision Song Contest, but I don't think they'll get in the Euros as well. They might win Copa um, America next year. Uh, yeah, look, there's every chance of that. Um, Brazil aren't much at the moment, are they? Um, I don't know. I, th- I think that England have uh, have always got an outside chance in these kind of things. And, you know, I, I would love that to happen. That would be almost as good as watching Spurs win the FA Cup. Um, uh, I think that, you know, you're you probably... Yeah, the usual suspects of, of France and Spain that you, you need to watch out for. But uh, yeah, why the hell can't England win it? Yeah, let's let's say England. Love yeah. it.
0: Good on you. Um thanks so much for your time today, Path. Thanks for talking to us on the football shed. Um thanks for everyone at home listening. As always, if you want to get in contact or ask us questions, um just head to footballshed.com or you can search football shed on Facebook or you can email us at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com and we'll be back very soon with another shed special thanks everybody see ya see
2: ya